Metro FM Talk, Notamba Madumo, standing in for Ayabonga Awe today. Remember again that your WhatsApp voice notes are very welcome. Oh, it's 079-191-4270. And you can give us a call on 089-110-3377. And we quick off with our business wrap. And uh, it's uh, good evening to you, Akona Mlamle. Mlamle. Good evening, Sister Mwendo. How are you this evening? I am good. Uh, Akona is the portfolio manager for 27 for investment managers. Let's kick off uh, with the uh, big story, which is uh, South Africa's gross domestic product, which is down 1.5% in the third quarter. These are grim numbers, my goodness. And, yeah. and how are we supposed to interpret these numbers or challenge? Mm, yeah, so yes, as you say, they um, definitely are very grim numbers. Um, as StatSA released this morning that uh, South Africa's GDP contracted by 1.5% for the third quarter of 2021. And yes, um, these are especially grim numbers, and particularly the sectors that were the biggest detractors um, to the economy was particularly the trade, um, which contracted by 5.5%. And also the manufacturing sector, which also contracted by um, 4.2%. So these being one of the major sectors that we need for economic growth to take place. And as we know, these are the sectors that have been impacted most by the COVID pandemic. Um, So yes, these numbers are grim. Um, However, we do hope that um, the infrastructure developments that government has placed and will be um, rolling out in the next year, um, do take effect, particularly in these sectors, and um, that did come under pressure. Let, so, yes, it's normal. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just, uh, I just want to ask a question regarding, especially the agriculture numbers. That mm. uh, you know, uh, a lot. For instance, you would imagine that trade and manufacturing have been affected a lot by um, the riots and also COVID. But agricultural-wise, is it is it uh, factors outside of uh, the normal? That it- yeah. So yeah. So um, the agriculture um, was down, um, also quite extensively down, thirteen point six percent. But its contribution to the one point five percent only detracted by zero point four percent. So yes, um, some of the um, issues or challenges that took place in the third quarter, um, as you alluded to, um, was the in terms of the agricultural sector, we saw the riots take the month of July, and this was did affect some of the fields and crops, and particularly the unrest in Gaza Natal, where both the poultry and pig production um, were experienced torching of some of the fields, therefore affecting field crop production, particularly in those areas. Mm. And also, yeah, so it's, it's a combination of the riots that did take place, um, but also just the structural challenges that the agricultural sector um, does face in terms of um, exporting their goods. So um, some of those hindrances are still um, taking place. Um, So these were some of the issues that did plague these um, industries, particularly um, agriculture, which was down 13.6, and obviously the two sectors of trade and manufacturing. Mm. But there were some sectors that were a bit more resilient, finance Mm -hmm. and the business services even though their numbers are still low? Yeah, so the industries particularly that um, did fare quite well was in the last of the financial services. Um, as you know, the financial services is one of the biggest um, components of the GDP in terms of stats, they say, um, and the GDP forecast for South Africa. So that was pleasing to note that 
the finance um, was up 1.2%. Um, however, overall to the 1.5 detraction, it contributed a positive 0.3%. And then also government spending. Mm. So also contributed quite um, nicely, um, although marginally, although marginally, um, it was up 0.4%. Um, so on, an, uh, on, a, on a contribution level, that was pretty flat. Um, so we do need um, to revive the economy and also knowing that we have a weaker um, GDP and the outlook um, doesn't look quite rosy, um, we do need government to implement um, some of those policies, those growth policies that will eject um, the economy to get going and also see some of the infrastructure spending um, to take place that we hope will be um, taking effect in the next year. I think uh, household spending, it's not surprising that that also decreased by 2.4%. So the um, household consumption expenditure, Mm. um, so that was the household final consumption expenditure, as you've alluded to, um, detracted by 2.4%. Some of those numbers that did um, contribute to the negative number um, was with regards to restaurants and hotels, um, which were down 6.1%. Um, however, contributed 0.5% to that number. So as we know, um, restaurants and hotels have been the laggards mm. in terms of the COVID pandemic that have been affected quite um, effectively. And also with the red list that we have uh, under at the moment, these sectors um, will face more challenges um, coming into the use of Q4 numbers next year when that SA does that. So the sector, particularly um, the the Restaurants and hotels continue to be affected um, primarily by this pandemic. And being on the red list um, doesn't help the sector any further. As we saw in the past week, um, we've seen a lot of cancellations, in particular in hotels. We saw tourists um, that were meant to come for their holidays to uh, particularly Cape Town, um, which is one of the attractions uh, for most um, tourists um, coming under pressure. So that sector will continuously um, come under significant pressure with the Omicron variant that we're currently seeing and the fourth wave that we're currently going into. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know whether to say, are these signs of worse to come? Uh, we hope so. We hope so, Sister Monde. And we just hope it's can, we can get the, the spending, the infrastructure spending that government um, has um, made commitment to doing um, so that can just, provide some of the injection that we need in the economy just to get us going into the next phase. Because at, at, the, at the current moment, I think we are at an all-time low. Um, and I just think things can only get better from here, we hope. Mm. And just lastly on, on, on uh, the, the, this issue, the JSE is on its all-time high. Mm. Why, why is there a disjuncture between what is happening on the ground and what the JSE is, is, is doing? Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, so, um, as you know, um, last year, particularly in the month of March of 2020, um, the JSE saw a significant sell-off in the markets, and particularly companies that are very much um, SA Inc. focused, meaning companies whose revenue is mostly based in South Africa, in South Africa particularly, um, sold down quite significantly. And um, so we've seen some of these um, counters, particularly these companies. Um, sold down to um, below the intrinsic value, below where some of the emerging market peers would like to see these. So we've seen a lot of companies or a lot of um, investors picking up these companies at lower prices. So mm. uh, they're obviously seeing our market as quite cheap, um, particularly the likes of the retailers, the banks. Um, so they're seeing opportunities because um, they're currently still at this present moment 
they are at the lows and they aren't at the previous highs pre-COVID. So that's the opportunities that investors are seeing and they are seeing an upswing in terms of the market. Yes, we do see a disparity in terms of what's happening in the market and what's happening with JSC. Um, however, we do um, note that um, the emerging markets, particularly South Africa, the likes of Brazil, and obviously um, Turkey, what's going on in Turkey. Um, so investors are just seeking um, more returns, and South Africa is just one of those places um, where this does um, uh, provide some real, provide some um, great returns um, in the, in the going forward. You know, O'Connor, uh, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll then uh, take a look at uh, Time Bank. And the fact that uh, they have now new shareholders. And, of course, there's Zimbabwe Central Bank mulling over digital currency. And also what Shell now faces, which is a new court test. Business rep of the day. I'm in conversation with Akonam Lamleli, portfolio manager for 274 investment managers. And this is Natamba Madumo sitting in for Ayabonga Kawe. Uh, well, welcome back, uh, uh, my dear Akona. Let's take a look at uh, Time Bank picking up uh, 10 cents as a new investor uh, worth uh, 2.85, almost 2.9 billion rand. Uh, what is this saying to uh, the market about uh, this? Yeah, so we know Time Bank, um, which is one of the um, financial banks that was started um, in 2019 um, and has been backed um, by African Rainbow Capital um, and has caught the interest um, of um, Tencent, which we know as a, quite a big giant tech name. Um, that we have come to know with regards to um, NASPERS and persons having a stake within Tencent. And they've um, identified um, Time Bank as one of the new investments that they would like to do. Mm. Um, so Time Bank um, has been um, obviously looking for funding in order to expand its operations, um, both in South Africa but also globally, um, having had some operations in the Philippines. Um, so this is just a raising, fundraising that the, the bank has been able to do, um, where Tencent and other um, private equity partners have come in to invest um, some of their proceeds um, so that Time Bank can do some of the um, operations um, that it, it, it seeks to do um, on the domestic scale and also um, in the other emerging markets such as the Philippines. Well, but what will these investments actually enable Time Bank to do? Yeah, so um, it will enable, particularly just maybe starting off domestically, um, it will just enable Time Bank, as we know, it's more like a digital banking uh, platform. Mm. Um, It will enable the banks just to scale up um, in South Africa. And as we know, Time Bank has already got partners, um, such as the likes of your retailers, um, Boxer and Pick and Pay, um, and also looking to partner up with other retail uh, retail, um, companies, such as the TFG Group, um, so they just want to expand and obviously gain new customers. Um, currently, they have 4.2 customers in South Africa, which has grown quite exponentially, mm. um, them being um, just over two years old. Um, so it just will enable, enable them to grow um, into new channels, into new markets, and also um, increase that customer base in order to be able to um, expand and also compete um, with the likes of the four big banks or five big banks that are currently um, dominating in the South African market. Now, this is a Series B capital raise. What does this actually refer to? 
So um, it's uh, just in terms of the CSD that you're referring to, um, it's uh, as as investors are looking or as an investor, um, it's just a, a gathering of pool of assets where um, a lot of investors, be it um, a global investors or domestic investors, mm-hmm. um, seek to want to be part of the investment story or vision of the company. And so it does allow um, this particularly, they see returns, and they see the prospects and they see the growth trajectory in terms of the management and the executive team and that time bank wants to pick up. Does uh, Patrice Mutsipe's African Rainbow Capital remain the majority shareholder still? Yes, um, so they still remain the majority shareholder in excess of 50%. Um, so the stake that Tencent um, is looking to um, take up is in about 8%. Um, so after the latest um, funding round that took place this year, um, so ARC still retains the majority um, of the stake in Time Bank. Um, but um, as you know, um, other investors um, have come in, such as APIS Partners and JG Summit Holdings, um, who are part of just a number of investors um, that do see the growth trajectory of the business. Um, as the business is looking to diversify, not just the, in the banking space, but also looking to um, partner up and tap into the health market and also expand into other regions, particularly in the private medical insurance, um, which they are, are starting to tap into. So this um, fundraising and the new injection of capital that has come in will just enable them to expand in a broader scale and diversify their portfolio um, and not being what exposed to the banking sector, um, but also being able to play in other markets um, within the financial services in the fintech sector. Yes, because I was I was just thinking that obviously uh, it also just means uh, time back has access to uh, you know, uh, ten cents in the CDC groups markets as well. That's correct. Um, so, in the likes of the South and East Asia, um, Indonesia, and so this um, is a much uh, bigger market than South Africa. So, this particular infrastructure that they're starting to build up and they want to build upon um, will enable them to reach these markets and a broader scale, not just be limited um, to South Africa and the Philippines where they're currently at. Wow. Okay, I, I suppose we should be happy about that. <laughs> okay, let's look at uh, the story from uh, the Zimbabwean Central Bank exploring the use of digital currency rather than the cryptocurrency as their legal tender. What does this mean? Yeah, so um, the Zimbabwe Central Bank um, is exploring um, the digital currency. Um, that's been widely researched by a number of reserve banks and um, central banks, which is the central bank um, digital currency. Um, just is an electronic form of central banks um, to bank money that citizens can use to make digital payments and store value and also provides them, an, or the central banks particularly, um, and the users just a form of digital currency. And also this will be issued by the central banks and can be used um, universally. So this is what the Zimbabwean Central Bank is currently exploring at the moment, mm. um, and they obviously are researching this by going to um, regions such as Nigeria, um, which did launch this in, the t- in October. Um, so they're just um, trying to um, tap into the, to, the, to the minds of those that have gone ahead of them, such as Nigeria, um, to bring in um, such an infrastructure in terms of uh, this, particularly to the Zimbabwean um, um, consumers and, and clients. Because as we know, cryptocurrency is extremely volatile and also lacks um, government backing. Um, so central bank digital currency um, does eliminate some of the concerns 
um, that cryptocurrency does um, bring into play. So, yes, um, the Zimbabwean um, um, Central Bank is exploring this, and they look to, um, after exploring, they hopefully look to um, bring this back to their country and effect it um, as soon as possible in order for them to, um, particularly for their state workers and for um, some of their um, state people to make use of. Akona, I mean, the Zim dollar has been depreciating, in mm. fact, up to 29% just this year. What what difference will this make using the digital currency, if any? Yeah, yeah. so um, it will be mostly, um, I think, one of the advantages. Um, it will be accessible universally. And as you know, um, the Zim dollar is not something that it can be accessible um, mm. outside, of, um, outside of Zimbabwe. Um, so this particularly um, central bank digital currency um, will bridge that gap and is a currency that will enable some of the citizens to be able to access this um, globally um, and also will be issued uh, by, the, by the central bank. And also we obviously, as the only market particularly in the African continent that has tested this is Nigeria. Um, so we still um, will look to see um, how it's working, in, particularly in that region. And also, I think, with the research that the Central Bank is taking, we'll obviously try to um, provide um, some barriers to entry within the, um, the country in terms of foreign direct investments. Um, as you know, a lot of countries have barred investments in Zimbabwe. And just, I think, particularly that region um, just needs a boost in terms of the economy. And this may be one of the um, catalysts in obviously improving that barrier that they currently face at the moment. Mm. All right, let's look at the last story in our business wrap, that of Shell facing a brand new court uh, case over their seismic program. Uh, is this worth a try? I mean, last week, I mean, the uh, court uh, dismissed uh, the uh, request for an interdict from a group, including, of course, Greenpeace. What's the difference this time? Yeah, so um, as you um, indicated last week, um, the High Court um, in Makanda um, dismissed an urgent application um, in which um, a a number of um, environmental and rights organizations brought um, with regards to block Shell from proceeding with the systematic survey um, off the coast of the Eastern Cape. Um, So that case was dismissed uh, dismissed last week. Um, However, they have taken this up to another court um, to obviously challenge um, Royal Dutch, um, facing, which is obviously faces another legal challenge um, for the planned seismic survey um, off the Eastern Cape coastline. Um, in addition to the environmentalists and other rights organizations, um, the community is also coming into effect um, mm. because they indicate that they want to protect um, the ancestral land and they also want to protect um, some of the gains that they've made um, because some of them do depend on the economy, um, particularly of that region, um, of, of, um, of the wild coast. Um, so they do um, want to put that through, and they're hoping the High Court um, does um, um, and hear their view. So this does take place and will be heard um, next week um, in the South African High Court. And they hope this particular time um, the court will go in its favor. Mm. And and maybe be, this time the fact that uh, sustaining the world uh, 
the Wild Coast is actually represented by Richard Spohr uh, and attorneys. These are, the, these are the same guys who successfully sued mining companies for compensation for asbestos and gold miners who suffer from respiratory disease. Is yeah, it? that's correct, since, mm. uh, since, since November. And you know how long that case took. And But um, Richard Spur Inc. and attorneys um, will be representing um, this particular challenge. Um, and as you kind of indicated, um, they did, after um, many, many years, um, get compensation for asbestos and gold miners um, who suffer from um, the respiratory diseases um, that did plague some of the mine workers that had been working at the mines for um, decades. So we do hope this um, case and this new fish of attorneys um, does um, help this particular organization in the community and also in winning this case against Shell. So we wait until the 14th of December mm-hmm. where it will be heard in the court and then we'll obviously just wait to hear um, the outcome of that court challenge and um, whether it was successful um, or not successful again. Shell doesn't seem to be moved, but uh, we'll, we'll have to leave it there for now.